Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Elizabeth Fry, and you're listening to the C2 Podcast. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by journalist and creative writer, Tara. And Tara, please tell me how should I pronounce your last name? We, ha we had a discussion about this earlier. Yeah, that's a good question because I am still kind of perfecting it myself after 10 years. So um, if you're a French speaker, you might say Giroud. If you're a German speaker, you might say Giroud. And if you're uh, American like myself, you might say Giroud. So, I'm going to go with the French one. The French one always sounds the, the best, <laughs> usually. <laughs> it does. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we have arranged this conversation because Tara is very kindly going to be giving a um, session at C2 later this month uh, about writing for mental health. Um, and I'm so excited about this topic. I personally love writing. I think it's a fantastic way to explore themes that maybe are a little bit more difficult to talk about. Um, can you say a little bit about like how this idea came to you and how you became passionate about this? Sure. First, just uh, thank you for having me. I yeah. feel so excited and honored to be able to do this workshop. I think it's going to be really um, inspiring, hopefully, and hopefully people come away with some actionable tips about writing and, and um, however they want to use it in their own lives. Um, but yeah, so, so I um, became a writer at a very young age. I was one of those who um, had a diary from the time I can remember and wrote lots and lots of very <laughs> exciting poetry. And, you know, just, it, it was a place to, um, as you said, kind of put all the things you can't say out loud sometimes, uh, or maybe explore um, emotions or feelings or thoughts. Uh, so I, I journaled a lot. I dabbled in short stories um, in school and really enjoyed all of my writing classes and exercises. Um, and eventually became a journalist um, and worked in newspapers for a while, but always, always journaling, always having some kind of personal writing practice by my side. Um, yeah, and, and it's just been something that I... Um, has just been a part of me um, and even in my own personal uh, mental health journey um, which started probably in my in my 20s when I was diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety disorder and panic disorder and in my therapy then I believe it was cognitive behavioral therapy I um, utilized uh, gratitude journaling I did workshops that kind of guided me on perspective taking and how to um, look at challenging feelings and emotions from different angles. So it was incredibly helpful. I, I say sometimes that it saved my life. It, it's, mm. it's so powerful a tool and so um, it's so there for us. It's, it's wow. very um, simple, I guess, one of the, the simpler ways, but it's also quite challenging. <laughs> yeah, it is. Blank page. <laughs> when you said a writing practice, I thought, Oh yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it because you really, I guess, practice it very often in order to get it to flow. Or how does that feel for you? Yes, I say practice. I think because there's no end point. I think there's yeah, there's it's always changing. I'm always having to remember to come back to it. Sometimes yeah. I'll 
I don't all, you know, I, I say I have a gratitude, a journaling practice, a writing practice, or I write all the time, but it changes. And sometimes I forget that writing will help me deal with this thing. And it could be months before I pick up my journal again. Um, but it is something that it takes some getting used to because there's um there's a lot of talk in the writing world about the the dread of the blank page there's expectation uh. and pressure and feeling like it has to be something or come in some form or be insightful or be neat and tidy or that everything that you write from the get-go is something profound and beautiful and um it's just not the case <laughs> yeah. it's just not the reality and so there really is a kind of getting used to what it takes to just sit down and try and sit down and try and keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it and being open and curious. Uh, it's, it's a really humbling practice, I imagine, um, where you get in touch with your own humanity in a way perhaps that we, we don't really want to be in touch with on our day to day lives, but it's important. Yes, I think so. I think, um, you know, sometimes I think if, if people read my journal, I would be so embarrassed <laughs> because, you know, it's a place where you can let out the hard things or the things that maybe you're not so proud of or the, the reactions that you wonder, why, why did I react like this? And when you write about it, these things can surface, these thoughts and feelings um, can surface that maybe we would like to pretend aren't part of us. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. And so it, it can it can be so many things and, and humbling is definitely one of them. Um, surprising. Um, sometimes I reread what I've written. Not always. I tend to just keep moving forward. Okay. But if I reread what I've written, sometimes I can't even remember having had certain thoughts or had certain feelings. And there are insights in there. You know, I think, oh, I was smart. <laughs> I was clever about this idea. <laughs> or, you know, there's, this, there's, there's, um, there's something about this flow that comes out when you sit down and write and you really, you give it space and you give it time and you really are honest with the page. You're honest with your words. And um, yeah, it's, it, can, it can go deep places. It can go big places. So, yeah. Tell me a little bit how, how, journalism and and your career in journalism in journalism particularly has influenced this passion of yours yeah so it was interesting I just started making the connections I used to hear as a writer that we want to be the author of our own life stories and and I have this vision of, of a book right and, and the character has an arc and the character has has a beginning and a middle and an end and they arrive at some place and that's that and and for me life feels messier than that my stories feel messier than that they they go all over the place they resurface after i think that they've finished um and, and journalism is kind of a framework for this so there are two parts for me there's there's this idea that in journalism stories are happening all the time new stories, new, new information comes to light and we add to the story. We, we have the freedom and flexibility to change perspective because new information comes up, new research comes up, um, new voices are heard. Um, and so I, I feel a bit of freedom in 
knowing that my story doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to arrive at a certain place. And I'm not faulty because I didn't take this trajectory forward through a story. I have many, many stories. Lovely. And yeah. they change. Um, the second thing, I, I just started thinking about the technical aspects of it. And, and some of the things that we'll talk about in the workshop, um, like silence. So for instance, if I'm interviewing a source for a story, silence is really, really hard. I ask a question and I'm looking somebody in the eyes and I can see them thinking through and maybe they're going to not want to answer that question yeah. and maybe they get a little uncomfortable and, and they're quiet and I want to, I feel an urge in myself to rush in and fill the void. I rush in and, and try to maybe change directions or answer for them or explain a little more. But if I sit in silence for a while, the answers will come. They start to rise up and, and we can give that space to ourselves as well. Mm. If we have a question that comes into our mind and we just take a second to write it down in our journal, what did this mean? And then we just let it go. We don't have to write the answer. We don't have to force an answer. We just step back, give it space, let the question sit there. And it's amazing. Two days later, you're in the shower, you're washing your hair, the shampoo is in your eyes. And you're like, ah, that's it, that's it. And I <laughs> run out of the shower and just start writing. And I, and I, and I can reflect. And so, so that's just one example, but I've I found as I, as I opened this door to how, how journalism can help us, um, I've seen so many ways um, um, that, that, that there are links and we'll, we'll talk about several of them um, in the workshop. So I'm happy to, <laughs> to go I'm more so in excited. detail. <laughs> this really whets my appetite for what's to come. So I'm glad. Um, yeah, it, it strikes me as you describe that process of interviewing a subject or bearing witness to somebody's story that they're that they're recounting to you as a journalist. It's, it's a little bit like being a clinician in some ways, you know, you're creating this space for them to be heard and for them to process and inform you about about what what transpired. And it's a really sacred space that I think the listener can can give and then then there's this extra step that the journalist takes in in then communicating that person's story to other listeners so it's this really beautiful process of co-creation that you're you're making with your with your subject and um i guess that's kind of what we do with ourselves when we're journaling in a way right so exactly right then you you turn that inward because you know, and this is something I've learned in therapy, um, you know, our inner voices that we, you know, we have wisdom in ourselves. We have these voices that are trying to communicate things with us. And, and so many times we forget how to listen. And, and so I think this idea of interviewing yourself, of giving yourself space, another piece of this is, is neutrality. While we all come to questions and ideas with our own histories, our own experiences, um, there's a certain amount of neutrality. We, we can't be perfect. We're going to have um, thoughts and feelings yeah. about things. Yeah. Um, but if we acknowledge those and we pay attention to our language, are we using judgmental language? Are we 
um, casting things in a certain light. And as a journalist, we're trained to consider this very carefully. So one example is if I, if I call someone to comment on something and they say, I'm not going to talk about that. Right. I can say this person declined to talk about the subject. I can say this person refused to talk about the oh, subject. Oh, very different. Yeah. There's a difference. There's some, there's a, a bit of a judgment there. They're refusing. They're stubborn. They're they're not paying attention. Yeah. So, so I, I want to focus in the workshop also on, on some common judging language that we use around ourselves and, and how we can be conscious of that when we're listening to our own stories, when we're telling our own stories. Um, yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. When you say refused, I had, I felt like an emotional, it elicited an emotional response from me that was sort of predisposing me to not like the person that... Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. And we do that. You're right. We do that with ourselves all the time. Right. One big one is um, should. Oh, yeah. Should be. I should be. And there are these these words like this that are red flag words that we can start to just become aware of and maybe in in writing them down, these these phrases that come up for ourselves that we can make little notes on the side that this Uh is a a spot for us that brings a lot of judgment and pressure. What do you recommend for people who are aware, you know, that they have a lot of inner voices that are criticizing themselves, a lot of harsh voices inside, um, and they're wishing or hoping to expand how they talk to themselves with more compassion or kindness. Um, But on the other hand, like, I can see that writing and processing is one way of kind of putting out, you know, just, you know, processing and getting out those, those harsh inner voices, but how do we balance that with like expressing that, but also cultivating a way of talking to ourselves with more kindness? That is such a good question. So I find it really interesting. I think sometimes people think of writing and journaling as a very serene experience and a serene time but I invite people to sit with it all some of my most important writing has come when I am in the throes of the biggest deepest darkest feelings and and I can hardly read my handwriting afterwards because it's so powerful moving through me and and I'm all for that I'm absolutely all for venting I'm also for being aware of what it is we're doing when we write. So if you are venting and then you're venting and then you're venting and yeah. it's the same story repeating, can you, can you ask yourself, are you stuck in, in the critical voice? Are you stuck in a critical moment? And, and what are some other steps you can do to move past that? Which are some tips I also want to talk about in the workshop. Um, one of them is, um, well, I want to talk about two, maybe if I can yeah. really quickly. Um, one of them, you can put it in the third person. So first person is I, me, um, I, this, I, that. Um, the second one is, uh, second person is um, you, and, and third person is she, her. And so you can, just by switching to she, this she did that we we create just a little bit of distance and sometimes that's enough to not feel 
attack, like we're attacking ourselves. Lovely. Lovely. Um, the other one is to, once you write, turn around and imagine that this was a letter to a friend. And would you speak to your dearest friend, someone you care deeply for, um, the way you've spoken to yourself? Ooh, that gives me chills. Yeah, yeah. It's really powerful because then you start to see, and what you can do with that then is, it, it might be hard, so you might want to take a break, step back for a minute, but if you come back to the writing a day later, two days later, you can, you can be your editor. You can go through and you can highlight phrases that are really, you would never say to your friend. And then you can experiment. What might you say differently? So, so you can really explore a lot by, yes, get it all out and then come back to it and, and see if you have given yourself grace. Have you given yourself your humanity in your, in your words? So it's a good mirror. Sometimes we don't realize what we're, what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've had some other creative workshops over time at C2, including, you know, painting and drawing. And one thing that I've noticed that participants really struggle with is just perfectionism. Um, are, are I don't know gonna... anything about that. <laughs> I'm That's sure it's a completely foreign concept, <laughs> but are, are there ways that you're going to work with that in the workshop as well? I think that's a really good question. I haven't, I'm not sure that I have addressed specifically the idea of perfectionism. The one thing that we'll talk about that kind of hits close to this um, is the concept of, in newspaper journalism, it's, it's in other journalism as well, but I'll speak to it from newspaper journalism, um, is the idea of corrections. And we write an article, there are 80 million facts in, in, in 500 words, there are 500 ways to make a mistake, uh, misspellings, um, incorrect information, uh, quotes taken out of context, um, there are a million ways to make mistakes. And with a correction, um, if, if a mistake gets printed, once it's identified, the newspaper writes up specifically, this was a mistake, this is when it was printed, this is the correct information. And depending on how big the mistake, um, the bigger the space it gets right. in the paper. And, and I think, this is another reason I like the journalism idea because you're not looking at a finished product that can't be edited. Um, you always can come back and correct. And so I hope that by considering this concept of corrections, that it allows people the opportunity to internalize the idea that they can always um, correct what they've written, make changes, and this idea that when new information arises, we're going to take that into account as well. And sometimes it's not that it was incorrect, it was just incomplete. Right. Sometimes we didn't know what we don't know. Right. And, and, and so 
it, it allows us to just continue learning and to see ourselves as, as always learning and that we're not a finished product. And we're, I heard somebody say the other day, I wish I could remember who, um, we're never finished until we're finished. Yeah. <laughs> until we can't, until we can't move the pen anymore, we, we can always edit, we can always make changes. Ever evolving. Yeah, exactly. I, do, I, I think particularly for us who are um, foreigners living here in Switzerland, there's this immense pressure and perfectionism around communication, particularly oral communication, right? Because we just, mm -hmm. there's so much lost in translation or in, in, in speaking with somebody. So I, I personally love writing because there is this element of, I can go back and finesse it. Um, I might've really bungled that phone call in French or German. <laughs> but I can go write a damn good email, you know? Exactly. Amen. <laughs> that is exactly it. Exactly. And, you know, that's why I went into print journalism in the beginning. It's like stand in front of a microphone and say words without having time to think about them. No, I, my brain works better when I can scramble it all out onto the page and then start to make connections. And it, it and it does seem to work that way for me. And, um, it, it definitely has become a big tool for me for um, getting clarity of thought around challenging situations or if I'm triggered, especially, and I can feel myself looping and uh, raging at something and, uh, and, and it just doesn't go anywhere. It just stays inside me and I can feel this tension. And then when I can write it down, um, there's a release, there's a clarity, um, and I can, I can, yeah, like you said, go back and finesse and, and really, um, get my message straight, get my ideas straight. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're in a hard time anyway. There's criticism coming at everyone who dares speak, I think. Um, yeah, but I think maybe, oh. I was just like, was thinking about like, Twitter, you know, for example, there are, there's, there's these, these short bits and pieces that people write that, that are expected to summarize large points of view or large pieces of information. And that's the kind of world that we live in now. It's like all this pressure around little tiny bits of information. So it's, uh, it's nice to have the opportunity to write something a bit, a bit more in depth, perhaps, or Right. And we used to call it, you know, bumper sticker too. You know, that was the thing. What could you put, put on a bumper sticker? Um, but the trouble is there's, there's no room for nuance. You know, you can sure sit and watch a zinging political argument take place on Twitter and, 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 and they can, they can burn each other down out there. But for me, I think that misses the point on so many, on so many levels, um, really do struggle for nuance in this day and age, I think. And, and the writing, um, whether for ourselves, whether we want to publish, um, because some people who come to the workshop, they might decide that, that they want to, to publish, they want to write a blog or leave a memoir for a family or, um, you know, there's, there's, there's freedom there, there's space there on the blank page. We have way more than 140 characters or however many Thank it goodness. is now. I don't even know. <laughs> Now, you and I were speaking earlier about how you um, used to write a parenting blog yourself, and that was oh, kind of your, your bridge to the mental health world. Can you say a little bit more about how you, you made that journey? Yeah, so, so when I moved to Switzerland, um, I wasn't 
working in journalism anymore. My babies were little and um, I was helping my friend who was a travel blogger. And I just realized that there needed to be a place because she, she was a travel blogger who focused on traveling with children. She also had small children. I thought a, a, a parenting blog would really supplement this, but not just any kind of tips. I really wanted to focus on mental health. I had struggled a little bit with postpartum anxiety and depression. I had struggled with breastfeeding. I had, I had many, many struggles in, in the early parenting years. And writing the blog for me was a way to connect with other people who, who felt like I did, who had similar non-perfect experiences. And I really felt like um, this was the way I wanted to use my writing to to let people know that they weren't alone out there <laughs> in the big wide world. And the more I worked with writing um, in this way and to support my own mental health journey, um, the more I realized I, I felt fulfilled. I found it meaningful to, um, to find ways to heal ourselves a little bit or to find new ways of doing things that helped us live into our values. And um, yeah, I just, I spent a long time searching for how to move forward with this. And then, so my therapist is your partner, Patricia, and she mentioned last year that you were moving to the new space and that C2 was going to have a place for um, workshops. And I said, workshops, really? Like, <laughs> and, and so I, I tossed out this idea of, um, of writing to support mental health and and as I worked on it, the more I worked on it, the more excited I got, the more information I had. I had to cut out like 20 pages of material <laughs> because I was like, okay, they're not coming in for an eight hour workshop here. We're, we're just going to arrange that if you'd like, do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there'll be follow-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. I just, I'm, I feel really drawn to this area. I, I just know personally how much it's helped me. And I really hope that um, that it's it's helpful for others too. That's wonderful. And we're so lucky to have the opportunity to host you and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, just so for those of you who might not know, the workshop will be on 11th of June from 10 to 12.30 at the C2 offices in Bilbien. Um, and if people would like to sign up and register, the easiest way is probably to contact Tara directly. And we can link your email address in the episode notes for people who are interested in learning more or in registering for the workshop. Um, there's also more information available on the C2 website, which I can also post in the episode notes. Tara, thank you so much for sharing this perspective and a bit of your journey. And I, I'm just very excited that you're going to be able to share this with me and the other participants who are going to be there on the 11th of June. Thank you so much. It's been so great talking with you. I could geek out about writing. I know. So. I, think we could, I think we need to continue this conversation after the yes, recording. So. I agree. Okay. Thank you so much and take care, everybody. All the best. Bye.